Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Ren. And I'm Zach. And today we are returning to our writing fundamental series, Managing Backburner Projects. I'm super excited about this project because I have so, uh, this episode because I have so many projects on the backburner where I'm just like, I was talking to my capstone, creative writing capstone professor the other day. And I was like, yeah, Dawnless, the project I'm working on for his class, is my ninth novel. And I'm just like, this is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, only one of those is published, so... Hey, it still counts. It still counts. But let's talk about, like, what it means for something to be on the back burner. Because I actually ran into this when I was chatting with a friend of mine from Germany, where I was describing, like, putting something on the back burner, and, it, like... It, the term didn't bridge the cultural divide despite the fact we were both speaking English. So let's define that for, for our readers. What does it mean to put something on the back burner? So to put something on the back burner is to take it out of the forefront of your mind mm. and like not work on it as immediately as you're working on like another project. Yeah. So it's still in the back of your mind or at least the back of your project log. Like, I think one value of putting things on the back burner is like... You don't have to think about it for a while, and then you can come back to it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that time where you say, okay, I'm going to put this aside for right now, and I'm going to work on something else, gives you time for your brain to do the whole, you know, all of the unconscious work where it starts to, to work on it and turn it inside out, and then you come back to it, and you're like, aha, that's what I need to do to, to fix this part, or that's what I need to do in order to, to finish this out. Um, one of the things that I think about with backburner projects is that it also helps you to be agile. Um, if you are looking to, you know, participate in contests or anthologies, if that's kind of where where your focus is, um, sometimes those news will like that news will pop up or it will land in your lap, and you will just need to be like, okay, I'm going to put this aside, and it's time to work on this project. That's what I did with um, my most recent um, short story that I wrote. Um, where I heard about this anthology and I wanted to um, submit to it, so I needed to put my, you know, finishing up my nano project aside in order to work on on this short story. And it actually ended up working out really well. Yeah, that's awesome. Some, those are some benefits of putting things on the back burner. But let's talk about, like, the logistics of yes. putting things yeah. on the back burner. Like, if you know something will have to go on the back burner, like you're either out of bandwidth or over your... I have this idea, and I should explain this first. Uh, of a novel ecosystem carrying capacity. Because I'm, mm -hmm. like, a biologist and environmental scientist, so I think about stuff like this. Yeah. Where the carrying capacity of an ecosystem is how many, like, organisms the ecosystem can sustain healthily. Yeah. And if you go over that carrying capacity, then things are going to plummet down. And it's... You see this in, like, predator-prey graphs where, mm -hmm. like, they have opposite peaks and, like, low points mm -hmm. um but yeah i think we have carrying capacities for our novel ecosystems and each of us has a different number of projects we can work on i think my master's project is really only like two three four mm -hmm. two that i can effectively work on at a time mm. whereas someone else might be able to actually manage all nine of the novels i have going on right now <laughs> i just have a very big soap with a lot of back burners right now <laughs> <laughs> um but if you know that something's gonna have to be go on the back burner, like, you're out of bandwidth, you're burned out, you're over the, your novel ecosystem carrying capacity. How do you prepare something that you so you can come back to it later? 
Yeah, I think one of the things that has been important for me is making sure that I know what's going on in the project, mm -hmm. which usually means, and I don't love doing this, but um, because I use Scrivener to do my my writing projects, I use the corkboard feature to write summaries about what's going on in each of the scenes. Yeah. Um, and if I haven't done that, if I'm preparing to freeze dry something or if I'm preparing to put something on the back burner, filling those out is really helpful because then I don't have to read through like 80,000 words to figure out what is happening right now and where did I hope it would go. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned freeze drying, which is a term I have in the show notes. Yeah. For like essentially doing that, like writing summaries, like preparing it so you can come back to it later and just like thaw it out mm -hmm. be okay we have a lot of kitchen metaphors here, so <laughs> freeze drying back burners let's see if we can find anything else yeah um i think another thing that can be helpful is setting calendar reminders so you like look back at it mm -hmm. um so this is something i didn't do for like my greek mythology dystopian sci-fi that i haven't touched in like a year and a half and it's so hard for me to go back to because i haven't like thought about it for a year and a half right like very service level like talking to people like oh this is one of the projects i have going on mm -hmm. um and that gives accountability you can use people also to be like hey you remind me about that project because if you have readers who are invested in your work and you mention a project that they're interested in they'll be they'll, like hey what about that yeah that and that's what's happening right now with my mad hatter project people are just like hey rin when's the prequel to all hell the queen of hearts coming out and i'm like that's a great question it's like let me finish done. the capstone first. Please let me finish the capstone first. <laughs> I need to graduate. I do need to graduate. I like what you've written inside of that outline where you highlight where you left off. And it, this is more than just like, it's more than just like physically highlighting the end of this, like the end of the manuscript or where you stop. It's go. It's creating some notes, whether you write it a little bit above or you do a sidebar or a sticky note or however you're, however you're doing this. But you actually describe what's going on in your head as the writer as far as what's going on in the scene, how you see the scene going and how it fits into the, the, broader, the broader part of it. So when I am looking at, so I have my, the nano project that I mentioned earlier that it has now been sitting on the back burner for about a month. And I'm thinking it's going to go onto the back burner for a little bit longer just because of how I'm pivoting in, in my writing career at the moment. And what I, what I need to do in order to be prepared to freeze dry it is to actually say, okay, this is the scene where I left off. You know, this character is trying to convince this character to do something, right? And I would fill in those, I would fill in the Mad Lib where it's like, Luke is trying to convince Marcelo to do this thing, right? I won't say what it is because it's a spoiler. But, um, you know, he's trying to do this thing. And the way that I see this going is X, Y, Z. And after this scene, then we're going to jump. We're going to do our, a POV jump back to, you know, back to Lucy. And I have notes about what Lucy is going to do. So yes. that's the kind of summarizing. Yeah. And I think when... One other thing I have about this highlighting, so in addition to doing the notes, which I do even, like, on a regular day when I'm just, like, finished mm -hmm. writing for the day, like, I've run out of time for writing, mm -hmm. and I have to, like, go to school or go to my next obligation, you highlight a few lines above where you, like, left off, so you have to, like, reread those, like, last few lines, and that helps you get back into the mindset. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think the notes on what I was going to have it next can be so valuable. Like, like I said, I do that even for just my regular writing days. Yeah. So let's say that you've put a project on the back burner. It's been sitting there for a month, two months, a year, whatever. Um, how do you get back into it? What, what kind of tips do you have for that? Yeah, so usually there's a lot of projects on the back burner, at least if you're like me. Yeah. So I think you want, and you're trying to choose which one to bring to a front burner because maybe you just, like, finish something and it's, like, time for it to, like, rest so you uh, can get ready for publication or it just needs to, like, rest in between drafts. Maybe you're waiting to hear back from publications. Exactly. Um, so... How do you first you have to choose which back burner project you want to get into? So you like scroll through your list of projects and hopefully you've done like one one thing we did mention like when you're preparing to put on the back burner is doing like a one line summary, like a tagline of what the project yes. is. Yeah. Um so because like if I didn't have the tagline next to my project Asphodel mm-hmm. about like this is a Greek mythology dystopian sci fi, I would look at the word Asphodel and I'm like, huh, that's neat, I wonder what that's about. That's a flower. <laughs> that's a flower. I like this obviously like symbolism of like the underworld. Yeah. But it's, it's a flower. It's, but it's a flower. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a working title. Like that's not gonna stay. But like you scroll through your list of projects and their taglines and you're like, okay, this one sounds good. I'm feeling inspired to work on this one. And then you have to like go through and rediscover it and remind yourself why I start joy. And if you've done all the prep that we just talked about, then hopefully it's going to be easier for you to get back into it because you'll have all these like scene summaries and session notes and just like these ideas of like where you think the story will go next and it should be hopefully easier to get back into yeah i like what you said about taglines because the tagline can help you get reinvested and at least in my writing process it's also helpful in understanding what i'm trying to do with it because when we like when i was having you read the black crescent when I was struggling with a scene, I would say, okay, what is this story about? And I would go back to the tagline. I would say, it's uh, Romeo and Juliet meets Ender's Game with zombies. And that kind of, like, knowing that that's what it's about helped me to navigate, like, okay, what's going on in this scene? Well, something horrible happens because it's a tragedy and there better be zombies. So, boom, there's a horrible scene. Enjoy. Yeah, that sounds about right, actually. It, these, like, taglines can be so crucial to, like, keeping your work thematic within, like, within mm-hmm. a work. So that's a really good point to, bring out, point to point out, thing to point out. Yeah, and once you, I mean, some, like, a project will call to you and be like, it's time for me. It's, t- it's my time to come into the spotlight. But you may have to put it back up at some point. But you identify the one that calls to you, you pull it out of the back burner or off of the back burner, and you start to thaw it out, reheat it um, by doing those things like in the microwave of writing, (laughs) by rereading it, by, you know, getting jazzed about your uh, about your tagline. And then you can you can start over and you can keep going, just like how when you have leftovers in the freezer, you microwave them and then you're ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that's good about being able to put projects in the back burner is you can just approach it better every time. Yeah. Like, approach it with fresh eyes, approach it with new ideas, and just, like, 
brings something new to the work every time. And that helps keep the work fresh because, like we talked about in the book club episode last, if your book is boring to you, it's going to be boring to your readers. Yes. If it doesn't feel fresh to you, it's not going to feel fresh to your readers either. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there are some caveats with that. If you're on your third draft, it's not going to feel as fresh as you did the first time around. But there you go. All things considered. All things considered. Um, that's all I've got for this episode. Do you have any like final thoughts, Zach? Nope. You're I the master of 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 the freeze drying. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you. Yeah, I'm like I am the food fritter. <laughs> I'm writing. I just love jam and all that. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> this has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week to continue our Writing Fundamentals episode. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.